Good morning, everyone. About 400,000 people are with us for the summer camp. God is letting us preach this true word of God. And I think I, I'm grateful before God for giving us this opportunity to listen to His word. And in the heart of each and every one of us, when the word of God comes upon their hearts, I think that the change that will bring that, that the word will bring about in their heart will be amazing in their hearts. But because many people, although they listen to the word of God, because their heart does not become one with the word of God, many problems occur in their lives. But this moment as well, if your heart becomes one with the word of God, I believe that from that moment on, not you working, but God will work alive in your heart as well. So that's why I think this camp is very precious for us. So this morning, we'll read Jeremiah 31, from verse 31 to verse 34. Please open up your Bible to Jeremiah. If you're there, I'll read from verse 31 to verse 34. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant day break, although I was an husband unto them, said the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I put my law in the inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they should all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, said the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more, said the Lord. As we live our lives, Satan does many work. One day I was at home, I got a phone call. Hello? Oh, this, uh, we are calling from Lotte Department Store, but are you Pastor Oxford Park? Yes. Are you uh, Mr. Oxford Park? Yes. Uh, in your name, we've paid some, we've paid 1.5 million won. Oh, are you at home? Yes, I'm at home. Yeah, I'm at home. What about your wife? Oh, my wife is at home with me. Oh, this is strange. Oh, should I call police for this? Yes, please. <clears throat> but five minutes later, I got a phone call saying, oh, this is policeman. And, and they said, oh, Mr. Have you ever given your identity card to anyone? Uh, I don't know. Maybe someone made. Maybe someone maybe issued someone made issued a card and made a maybe bank uh, account in your name. So what is the nearest bank from your house? Oh, this is a certain certain bank. Maybe you should come to that bank with your card and with your stamp and with your maybe uh, bank bank book with them. And as I was wearing my shoes to go there because I'm old and my hairs are all gray. 
So back then, we, I, I, we had, we, I, there was Pastor Kim Sung Won in our church. So I called Pastor Kim Sung Won and said, "All oh, this and that happens. So, oh, is there anyone who's working in a bank in our church? Maybe we should call him over to certain bank." So I went there, and on my way, I saw police station. Or oh, maybe this is when I need police station. So I went to police station and I asked the policeman, oh, the policeman saw me and said, oh, grandpa, what brings you here? Oh, I came to ask you a certain thing. Oh, what came to, what, what do you want to, what do you want to ask us? Oh, this and that, this and that happened. So how should I do? Oh, that's a fraud. You shouldn't go there. That's when I got a phone call. Are you there in the bank? I told him not yet. I was on my way. I asked the policeman, or oh, this the man who called me, just called me. So maybe you should take the phone. Oh, who are you? Who are you? Oh, who are you? I'm a policeman. Then they hang up the phone. That day, our two pastors, oh, our our honorable pastor Oksupar, is finally getting uh, getting tricked by this voice voice fishing. So I almost got, you know, tricked by this voice fishing people. But I, but I nearly, I was nearly tricked. But I got out. But sometimes, even in, uh, I, I, I meet people who got deceived by this kind of people. So the world is so evil. There are people who are trying to trick and deceive you. But the chief of all this thing is Satan. Maybe among you who are here, maybe most of you may, may maybe not may have not experienced voice fishing, but, but I'm sure that none of you may none of you uh, have not been deceived by Satan. So when you read the Bible, and when you discover how the heart of God in the Bible, we can be freed from the temptation of Satan. But as we read the Bible in the book of Genesis, it says, God saw that the wickedness of the man was great on the, in the earth. In Genesis 6, this word appears. And the thought of every, on the, and the thought of the heart of their, their every thought of the heart of their their every imagination was only evil continually so I was I couldn't agree with this word because you know I'm it's true I'm evil sometimes but I, but I'm not always evil but I'm sometimes good but here the Bible was saying that Every imagination of the thought of our heart was only evil continually. But as I read the Bible, but I could actually feel myself that the, every imagination of my heart were only evil continually. When I was living in Padong in Daegu, one Sunday, I gave a sermon on there is no. I gave a sermon that there is no goodness at all in human being, but there is only evil in man's heart. When I preached about this, some people they say I I acknowledge that I'm evil, pastor, but you know I have something good in me too. So there are there are people who tell me this time to time.
When I was in Padong, Daegu, Padong was kind of on the outskirts of Daegu city. One day as I was giving sermon, when people hold on to their thought that they are good, they think that they are uh, evil, but those who think that they are also good, they try to do. They try to be good. Pastor, isn't it bad to be to try to to, to try to be good? Uh, I I I doubt that. Because in the Bible, the Bible is saying that there is no goodness whatsoever in man's heart. If you see Romans chapter seven, Apostle Paul said, "He said that there, I know that in me there is nothing good dwells in me." But back then there was a sister who was running a pharmacy, drugstore. And this sister, she one day uh, to, uh, uh, talked to me and said, Pastor, I have some questions about your sermon. Uh, I heard that you said there is nothing good in man's heart. But she said that they're in, pa in Daegu Padong because that's the outskirts of Daegu. There were relatively poor people were living in that area. So this sister said, there are people who are buying uh, buying medicines regularly in her drugstore. But sometimes there are time who must be running out of their drugs, but there are people who are not coming to buy the medicine. So she would call them. That you still have the medicine, or are you run? But do you have it? No, I, I I'm running out of it. Why didn't you come to buy the medicine then? Then they would say, I have no money to buy it. So then she would call them to come and stop by their her pharmacy. And the sister said that the sister said, as when you start taking this drug, if you stop in the in the mid in the midway. Uh, your your disease will have resistance against your against this uh, medicine, so you have to keep taking the medicine. But I have no money. Sorry. So for those poor people, she would give them uh, their drugs first and tell them to pay pay uh, pay her back later when they have when they can afford to pay it. So when she did that, some people would, some people brought them, brought her the money back, but there were many people who didn't pay her later. And she said, Pastor, I bought this money myself, but for the people who are poor, I just gave out the medicine, even even if I can't be paid. Pastor, do you think this is not good? I thought this was good. Yeah, this was good. But the Bible was saying, the Bible said that there in, in me, that's in my flesh, there is nothing good that dwells in me. There is only evil in us, Apostle Paul testified. You know, whether we are good or evil, what does it doesn't matter. We can just live well, that's all. There are people who think like this, but these kind of things, they cause a lot of troubles when it comes to living a spiritual life.
So to the sister, sister, what you're doing, the Bible is saying that they are not good because the Bible says that there is nothing good in us. There's nothing good that dwells in us, the Bible says. And also in Genesis 6, verse 5, it says that and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continued. Let's read Genesis 6, verse 5. Genesis 6, verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So this fact is very important when it comes to living our spiritual life, and it, ex it explains very important relationships. Here it says that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yes, maybe most of you may think, oh no, Pastor. I know that I'm evil, Pastor, but, but sometimes I'm also good. Pastor, I did many wrong things, but I've, I've also helped many people in my life. I think most people, they would answer me like this. Maybe, maybe you who are listening to me now, don't you think so? Yeah, maybe most people, they would think like that. But in the Bible, the Bible is saying that every imagination of the thoughts of, of our heart is not good sometimes, it's not bad sometimes. No, it says only evil continually. I couldn't agree on this word myself because when I look at myself, sometimes I did good things. But this sister, you think you have good things, but why does the Bible say that we are not good? For example, giving, you know, drugs for the people who are poor, isn't it good? That's when I explained this story to her. I don't remember the year, but in Chicago, we organized a Bible seminar. Oh, we organized a Bible seminar in Chicago. And uh, there was a sister who was selling accessories in, in our church. Like, you know, those rings and earrings. And she brought me a handful of gold necklace and gold rings. And I, re I, I received it. But, you know, when I travel on plane, I travel a lot on airplane. But sometimes when I get on the plane and I get down, sometimes, you know, I'm running out of time. So, when I prepare my bag, when I pack my bag, I don't just put anything that might get caught on the airplane. So, I don't take anything like that because if you're not sure if you take it, if you get caught, that'll take a lot of time and you may lose the flight. So, when I, so when I, before going to the airport, I took it out from my bag and I left it on the table and I, and I went to the airport, I took the flight and came to Korea. 
And in the airport, at the customs, uh, they, they asked me if I had anything to declare. I told them no, because I don't take anything like that in my bag, so I told them I have nothing to declare. And one of them came up to me and said, Oh, can I take a look at your look into your bag? Oh, sure, well, go ahead. You know, they, they opened up my bag and they saw my notes and my, my, my Bible. And that's when uh, the person, the worker, took out this handful of gold necklace. That's when the whole sky turned turned like you know yellow. I was thinking, oh, maybe people may just maybe publish this article saying Pastor Oksupar got caught on, sm on in smuggling, you know, this gold necklace. Oh, maybe I don't know who, but maybe when I when I when I packed my bag, maybe some sister maybe saw it on the table and said, "Oh, maybe Pastor Park forgot it. Maybe they put it in my bag." And they told me, "Why didn't you declare this necklace?" And I didn't know what to say. Ah, uh, who put it? Who put this in my bag? But there was there was no point in knowing who put the who put it in my bag. I told them, "Actually, they are not they are not gold uh, necklaces, but they are all gold plated necklace." I explained it to them. In Korea, there are people who are wearing pure gold necklace or gold ring, but in in the United States, the security is not as good. So, uh, many people they don't wear the pure gold necklace, but many times they wear just you know fake, that's gold coated necklace. So that's what I know. So they are not pure gold. Oh, is it true? Well, I thought he was going to say, oh, okay, you can just take it, but it didn't. But he said, we can't tell the difference between the pure gold necklace or the gold plated necklace. We can't tell the difference. So I didn't know what to say. I was very perplexed that day. So it was at least better because I was on, I just got into Korea, but if I was maybe going somewhere, if that happens, then I'll be really running out of time. And then that's when I asked the, the worker if he could bring me a knife. He said, there, I have a knife, he said. And I told the worker to scratch it. With a knife. Oh, is it okay even if I even if I scratch it? It's okay. Just try to scratch it, scrape it. So when they try to scratch it and scrape it with the with a knife, if it's a pure gold necklace, even if you scratch it, you will see you're supposed to see the gold. But because it was gold plated necklace, at one point I could see some different types of metal. When the when the work airport worker saw it, he said, Oh I'm sorry, you can just take it. That's how I was able to overcome and overcome and survive the crisis. You know, human goodness that we do is like gold-plated necklace. If you really are good, not only one part of you should be good, but just like the pure gold necklace, you know, if you, you scrape, if you scratch it and scrape it up, up and, and continue, uh, if you even if you scrape it continuously, you will see gold continually. Even if you scratch it until you know you grow old and die, 
You will see, you are supposed to see gold. Just like that if you are good, even to your death you are supposed to be good. But many times, you may be good in certain thing. You may be, you may be gentle in certain thing. You may be kind in certain thing. I've also done many good things in my life. I've helped other people. You know, I've helped people who are in difficulties. Maybe I've saved them some money. I saved money to help others. I've done that before. But pure gold necklace, even if you scratch it, even if you scratch it, scratch it, you will still see gold. If you scratch it, but if you see some other type of metal, then that's a gold plate metal, gold plate necklace, not pure gold necklace. You know what we do, the, the goodness that we do is like that. We may be good in certain part, sometimes we may also sacrifice ourselves for others. Maybe we may, you know, help others, even if I have to, you know, take in certain damage. We may do that. But we, our goodness is just like gold plated necklace. Sometimes it seems to be good, but sometimes again, evil thing, evil that is in us will show again. It will come out. So if you if you go go to do the maybe if you go to the you know at the accessory stores where they sell the pure you know gold or silver necklace, if they if they if you show them this a gold plated necklace, they will laugh at you because without even taking a close look, they will be able to tell. You know, you may you can maybe maybe good sometimes. You may be honest sometime. Maybe you may consider others more important than you sometimes, but it's not constant. You all because you also have evil in you. So the pure gold necklace, even if you scratch it and scrape it again and again, still you will see you will see gold. But on the surface, it seems to be gold, but if you scratch it, and if you see some different types of metal, then that's not pure gold necklace, and that's gold plate necklace. So, in the Bible, as I was reading the Bible a lot, you know, I gave money to beggar, you know, I did good things, I didn't spend money that I had, but I gave it to others, I helped others, this is good, that's what I had thought before. But when I went deep into the Bible, it was not good. So Genesis chapter 6, it says there that God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, the Bible said, in the eyes of God. In our eyes, we think, oh, this was evil, but this was good. And I, I was evil then, but then I was honest. Sometimes I, you know, I poured all my heart wanting to sacrifice myself for others. You know, that kind of heart arises in our hearts time to time. But in the eyes of God, if in the eyes of God, if that's really good, if that's, if you really are good, then you have to be good from the beginning to the end. But we are not like that. Sometimes it seems to be good, but we are not good because they are like gold plate necklace. In the eyes of God, they are not good. You know, the good things that we are we have done today is just like gold plate 
plate necklace, which means it can seem good sometimes, it can seem sacrificing sometimes. But God, who is eternal and everlasting in His eyes, it is not good. That's what Bible is telling us. When I see, when I read the Bible, I could understand what the Bible was saying. So sometimes I had difficult, I had difficult times reading the Bible. So I read it once, twice, ten times, twenty times, thirty, forty, fifty, fifty times. I read it over, over, and over again. And as I read it again and again, I could conclude. I could I could come I could come to understand the heart of God and see what he's trying to say in the Bible. So let's talk about this today. Maybe you too you may think that if you have ever thought that you know I'm good in certain thing, if you have ever thought like that, raise up your hand please. Okay, can put down your hands. You know, I gave I gave offering. I helped certain people. I gave money to the poor people. This is good, so God must be happy with this. That's what people think. But Bible is saying something different. Bible is saying that we human beings, we are all evil. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you may think that I'm you know, looking down on you, but I'm not doing that. But this is not my, but this is not me telling you, but this is what Bible is telling us. So the fact that we are trying to be good, that itself is already evil. There's something wrong with it. Let's open our Bible and talk about it. When you see Jeremiah 31 verse 31, it says, what well, it says there, it says there that behold the days come, said the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Okay, let's read verse 31 all together. Go. Behold the days come saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. The Bible says that the days come, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And now let's talk about Jesus. There was uh, Jesus once met the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. She was a filthy woman. Jesus let her leave. Uh, the woman was supposed to be stoned to death, but Jesus saved her. But to save her, what she did was, when Jesus sent her off, when when the woman when she was committing adultery, her heart was filled up filled up with gratitude. But when she got caught after committing adultery, she was it was despair that was that filled up her heart because she was supposed to be stoned. But after meeting Jesus, when Jesus sent her home. At that point, if I examined her heart, 
This woman was caught in the act of adultery. She was dragged before Jesus to be stoned to death. But then she met Je she met Jesus. And Jesus said, "Among you, has no sin cast the first stone at her." When Jesus said that, this woman saw that there was no one stoning her, and everybody went away. So this woman was left with Jesus. Jesus told her, Woman, is there anyone who accused you? The woman with her head down, when she heard Jesus, she she took she raised her head up and she looked around and she's no one she saw no one around her. No one the people who were trying to stone her were all gone. The stones were supposed to be cast at her. She was her nose. Her nose were supposed supposed to break. Her you know bones were supposed to break. But all these stones were dropped on the ground. Jesus asked her, "Woman, where are thine accusers? Is there anyone? Is there? Is there no? Is there anyone who has condemned thee?" She looked around. She looked around. The people, were the people who condemned her were all gone. Not even a single person was left there. And the woman said, No one, Lord. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So Jesus sent her back home. When she first committed adultery, her she had uh, she had a desire in her heart. Oh, he's very handsome. If I can have a meal with him, that'll be nice. If I could, uh, if I could sleep with him, it'll be nice. But on contrary, no. If I get caught. While committing adultery, I will get killed. I will be stoned to death. So this dude thought, kind of had a fight in her heart. But the reason why this woman committed adultery was because she had the heart to trust herself. You know, if I do this and that, I'll get caught. For ten years, I was one of the. Education committee members teaching Bible to prisoners. Among the people that I educated, some of them were, uh, some of them were sentenced to death. Some of them were sentenced to life. You know, do you know who end up in prison? You know, actually, it is predetermined. It is predetermined. I met, I met young man. And this young man was uh, was a kind of person who could end up in a prison any time. I told him, you know, when I went to prison, there were many people who like you who were there. If there's anyone having who has a thought like you do, they can easily end up in the prison. If you don't change your heart, you have high prob probability of ending up in, in the prison. So I sat down with him for about an hour. I explained it to him very seriously. When he heard me, he changed his heart. He changed his heart. 
changed, changed his heart right away. In the prison, it's not anyone that can go to prison, but the people who are going to prison, it's kind of fixed. You know, there was a person who committed adult, who committed maybe crime, and he would end up in the prison maybe. And when he when he arrives at the, in the prison, he will think about it. why did I get caught? <clears throat> oh, I left my fingerprint there. Maybe that's why I got caught. Then you will think, oh, this this was stupid. If I had worn the rubber gloves, I would have I wouldn't have left my fingerprint. Then I would have, I wouldn't have been caught. And then she thought he thought maybe next time I'll make sure to still with my rubber gloves on I wouldn't leave fingerprints then then I wouldn't get caught so they would think like that and when they come to think like this they want to get out as soon as possible because they want to try this perfect crime so that's why when you get discharged from the prison sometimes people they come back to prison after three months six months one year some people they come back even after three months so these people, they have this thought in them, this thought to trust in themselves. Do you know who commit adultery? People think those who have the desire in them, they are the people who commit adultery, but I will say no. No matter how much desire may arise from your heart, but if, uh, but if I commit adultery, I'll get caught and I'll be stoned to death. If you think so, now who commit adultery then? Those who trust themselves. You know, if I do it like this, maybe I won't get caught, maybe. So, they are very foolish to believe the thought that they wouldn't get caught. It is, yo, yes, it is possible that they may not get caught, but it is also possible that they may get caught. That's, that's what they have to recognize. Because if they realize that they can also get caught, then they will not commit adultery, but they'll stay away from it, even if the desire arise from their hearts. So those who have, those who commit adultery, when they have lust, it is the people who think that if I do like this, I wouldn't get caught. So those who have th this kind of thought, they wouldn't commit, they would commit adultery. That is why they get, they all get caught. But imagine this person, he wore, wore the wore rubber gloves and he, he went to do the crime. They would, and he got got arrested, and he was put he was put in prison again. And he would think about it. Why did I get caught this time? Oh, yeah, it's true. I didn't expect that her husband was gonna come back home that early. If he hadn't come back home, I wouldn't have got caught. I wouldn't have been caught. So he would, he would think again that next time, if I have to rob it, rob the person's house, I'll rob the person when the husband is not around. So that's what they believe. So those who commit crime. Those who play gamblings, do you know why they play gamblings? Yeah, they lose money after playing gamblings. They lose money. But a long time ago, there were just traveling a fraud gambling crew. Maybe they will put uh, the money in their account. And maybe they will, you know, try to, you know, look for very rich people in in in, in, the, in villages and they will lose money intentionally to so that the the rich man would make, make, make win the money so when the rich man in the village wins the money once twice or three and or and three times 
Then the rich man would think that, oh, you know, I'm, I was actually good at gambling. I didn't know that. So these professional uh, gamblers, they will make him believe that he was he's good at gambling. So from that point on, they know everything about gambling. When they look at certain cardage, they know what's going to happen next. They're professionals. From that moment on, they will win and get money. So this, this countryside rich man, he will lose money, but he will still think, no, I lost money this time, but I will make sure to win again. Uh, maybe oh, I lost money again. I'll make sure to win the next time. So that's how, that's why they keep playing until they lose all their house, all their field. So you know, so people, we are people. They are very, uh, very foolish. So you know, as we live our spiritual life, you know, you wanted to be lawyer. You wanted to be blessed by God, right? That's what you you've also tried to do, right? But God will tell them, don't do this stupid thing. There's nothing good in human heart. God says. But you know they are they are being deceived by Satan, thinking I'm can, I can be good. But the one thing that you must know. We read Jeremiah 31 from verse 31 to 34. If you see Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31. There it says this. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It says that God will make a new covenant. I will make a new covenant. Covenant is a promise, right? So I'll make a new covenant. It means there was the old covenant. So what was the old covenant? The old covenant was the law, the Ten Commandments. What God said in the, in the book of Exodus was that if you keep my law and obey my voice, you'll be blessed. If you see Exodus, Exodus 19 from verse 5 Now therefore if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant then ye shall be a, a peculiar, peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord com commanded him. Let's read, let's read verse 8 all together. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. So when God gave them the law, God says that if you obey, you will be the kingdom of priests. In Deuteronomy, it says, it says that if you keep the law, you'll be blessed. 
Are you your descendant will be blessed, your visitors will be blessed, your flock will be blessed. In the Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you break it again, you'll be cursed when you come in, you'll be cursed when you come out, your, uh, your bread will be cursed, your flock will be cursed, your visitors will be cursed. That's what it says there. But Israelite, when they heard, what did they say? Did they say, oh, we are not sure if we, you are not sure if we could all keep it? They didn't say that, but they said, we'll all keep it. That's when, uh, that's where human did wrong. You know, in us, human beings, we have, we have only evil things in us. How can we keep all those laws? So, we broke the law. The people still think that maybe in the future, in, if I do good things, if I try to keep the law again, people, they think that, imagine like there is a, there is a balance. If I do evil things, maybe it'll come, it'll go like this. If you, the more you evil you do, you'll maybe go to hell. But the more good things you do, maybe it'll balance, it'll come down this way and you'll go to heaven. That's kind of the concept that people, they have about spiritual life. But, you know, if you read the Bible thoroughly, there are people who read the Bible vaguely, recklessly, that's what they would think. But if you try to read the Bible thoroughly, if you read the Bible word for word for word, discover that God is not pleased with human goodness because it itself is not good at all. Imagine in your house, imagine someone brought you a gift. Imagine someone give you a box of apples, but on the on the on the top, apples are on the top, they're good. But apples apples that are in, in the box, but apples under the top apples, they're all you know eaten by worms, they're all rotten. Would you be happy with the gift? You'll be like, what did what do what do they think I am? How did they give me such a thing? You'll be angry at them, right? You know that's how that's how your goodness is. After having committed committed so many sins on the outside, you covered it with good stuff. You open, on the outside, you covered it with good stuff. That's the kind of thing that mankind are doing today. In, on the inside, we have only evil in us. That's why, no matter how good things you may you may have done. God would not recognize that good thing that you have done. Because in the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, it says there that God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every imagination of the thought of his, thought of his heart was only evil continually. So what kind of good things can come out from man? No, not, not a thing. So this is the problem. Many people, they think that if I pray all night long, if I fast, if I give offering, maybe it'll work, but God will not be pleased with all those because originally, fundamentally, men, they are evil. There's no good in me. So you may think that you are doing good things, but think about it. Imagine someone brought apples in our house, but on the but apples that are on the top, they are good, but apples that are under, they're all eaten by worms, they're all rotten. Would you be happy? You'll be like, why did he bring us such a such a such a thing? Imagine maybe not Pastor, but maybe let's let's let go of Pastor Oxypar. But imagine it's you. 
And they give you like all these uh, apple boxes, but on the top they are good, but the apples under they are already eaten rotten, rotten. Would you be like, oh, it's true, all these apples are rotten, but at least the apples on the top, apples that are on the top they are good. Would you say like that? No, right? You know, that's the kind of goodness that mankind are doing before God. You know, God would not recognize it. They're disappointed, right? You may be disappointed, but this is what the Bible is saying. <coughs> Apostle Paul said that in me, that's in my flesh. Let's look up Romans 6. Romans 7. Romans 7 verse 18. Let's read it. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For, for to will is present with me. When you read a passage like this, you'll be angry, right? No, I have good things in me. I've done this. I've done I've gave out this good medicines to people. You know, a while ago, a former president visited my house. <coughs> With this former president, we visited a flower village and there was this priest and this priest told us that uh, since his birth until today, he didn't have any evil thought, he said. He said that he's never had any evil thought in him. And when he was young, uh, whenever he bring lunchbox in the, in the school, he would, steer, he would give it out to people who could not eat. So I didn't say anything, I stayed, stayed calm. On my way back with the for, former president in the car, I told the president, the Bible says that the heart is weak, uh, wicked, and the and the every intent imagination of the thought of his heart was only will continue continually. That's what the Bible says. So there's many there's many evil things in me in human being. So honestly saying, you try to do good stuff to cover yourself, right? To be recognized by other people, right? But God does not recognize you that you are good. God says that you are all evil. So man, as they read the Bible, you know, they didn't do anything, but they're all evil. You know, they will think, oh, oh, this pastor is really good, this elder is really spiritual. This elder, this pastor, they are, they are full of Holy Spirit. You know, when you hear that from other people, you feel so satisfied, right? But God will say no at all. 
So, if you read the Bible recklessly, if you know the Bible recklessly, that's you. That's what you may think. But starting from Genesis chapter one up to the up to the book of Revelations, if you read it one by one, you you will realize that there's nothing good in me. There's nothing good in human being. So there is no one who can go to heaven, no matter what we do. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Yes, that's not good. In the eyes of God, they're all evil. But being deceived by Satan, when we are honest, when we are frank, when we are good, we think that we are good. That's that's you are deceived. So if I explain it up to this point, it's enough, right? And I'll go to the next point. In the next point, what we have is. You know, when Jesus met the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, Jesus didn't say, Oh, why did you bring this filthy woman before me? Take her away. Jesus didn't say that. Everybody was spitting on her. They were, you know, trying to kill her, trying to cast stone at her. But Jesus loved such a woman and Jesus saved her. And when he was sending her home, Jesus did not just send her. But Jesus gave her this gratitude in her heart, and she was filled up with this gratitude. Now the woman was caught in the very act of adultery. She was going home, and she was she was now saying. She was now greeting Jesus on her way home. She was so thankful. On her way home, she turned back and did, Oh, thank, I'm, I thank you, Lord. I'm so thankful. On, she was going again, but on her, she turned her back again. She said, Oh, I'm so thankful. She was supposed to be stoned to death. That's how her, that's what her fate was. But Jesus saved her. And as she was opening the door of our door of her house, she thought, Oh, by this time, I was supposed to be bleeding and being, you know, dig, being buried under this pile of stones. But this, but just me opening the door of my room and coming in, this is this is not. I didn't. I couldn't imagine that this would happen to me. If if it were if it were not for Jesus, I would be in. I will now. I will be now in the prison. I will now be in uh, the grave, buried by the stones. And the following day, when the day broke, she would think, Oh, I'm alive. This new day has come for me. I thought I was going to die, but now I'm alive. How am I going to explain this thankfulness? Jesus did not just send her with the lust in her heart.
But when Jesus sent her back, she sent her back with this gratitude in her heart. So the more she think about, she thinks about it, she'll be happy, thankful, and satisfied. Although all Pharisees and scribes are trying to stone me to death. Oh, Jesus loved such a woman like me. Jesus saved me. Jesus saved me. No, in the United States, I have my grandkids there. When me, when when I arrive at in the in the United States, my friend, my grandkids, they will love, they will, they will like, they will love, to, like to see me there. You know, in our church too, there are the little kids too. But you know, maybe it's a little different because they are my maybe they are my grandkids. So sometimes I would call them to do the video call. So if you go to New York, Man Manheim, there are about 50, 50, 40, 50 kids. They're so cute. They grew up in the church. They're so cute. I never saw them fighting in the church. I never saw them, you know, quarreling. They're like angels in my eyes. I'll, I'll tell them, oh, come over here, come over here. What do you want me to buy for you? And there was the store, but it was closed. And I called the person who was in charge and... The person came, and I and I told the baby, told the kids to, you know, pick whatever they want. You know, little babies they could pick, you know, big things, but they just picked whatever. They just picked, you know, one little thing that cost only one dollar. So I only paid forty dollars. One day I went out with my grandkids, and I asked, I I told the, my daughter-in-law not to prepare dinner and I told them maybe we could go to we could we could eat out today and I brought them to five guys this franchise and not only my grandchildren but with the grand with the sons and daughters of Pastor Park Bangwon and Pastor Terry so there were about 20 kids <coughs> so they ate whatever they wanted and even if they eat as much as they want, it will cost me only about 150 or 200 dollars maximum. I'll tell them, okay, pick whatever you want, pick whatever you want. I don't like hamburger that much, but maybe the kids like it, so I'll take just a little hamburger. But even little one, I can't finish it. So I finished my burger and I drank some juice, and I would ask them, do you want anything more? Anything more? And they will be like, oh, Grandpa, we are so full, we can't take anything more. Oh, really? Okay, maybe then we can go. Then on my way out, on my way home, I'll be so happy to see them happy. You know, just paying $200, enjoying that much happiness, that's, you know, that's very good. If you have no grandchildren, you'll be able to know what, it mean, what I mean. You know, you know what those grandchildren say? Grandpa, Grandpa. Do you, do you need anything else like pizza or ice cream? They'll be like, oh no, grandpa, we can't take anything. We're so full. You know, in the heart of the woman who was caught in the very of all tree, Jesus planted, Jesus put this thankfulness in her heart. So nothing else, so other things could not fit into her heart. So there was only gratitude in, in her heart. So her heart was filled up with gratitude. Whether I sleep, whether I whether I leave, being able to break out breakfast, you know, sleeping again, I was so I was so thankful for everything. Traveling was thankful, 
So heart was filled up with gratitude. So when we saw that Jesus, first covenant is the law. God said, if you keep the covenant, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed, but God said, right? That's why all Israelites, they were trying to keep the law, but they broke it all. So that's why they were supposed to be cursed. But God considered there was no one who could actually be blessed by keeping the law. Why? Because if for us to go to heaven, the, we, we, we're supposed to be like God, but we can get to that point. So just as Jesus saved the woman who was caught in the react of adultery, this woman was supposed to be stoned to death. Is there is there isn't there is there's not anything good that she did, but Jesus saved her and she died on the cross for her sins. That is why the first covenant, first law. If you keep it all, you'll be blessed. If you break it, you'll be cursed. So blessing and curse depend depended depends on our actions according to the first law. So in the first first law, blessing and curse are determined by our deeds, by our behavior. If we commit sin will be cursed if we do good things will be blessed the bible said but for the second covenant but for the second covenant it does not rely on your deed you going to heaven you going to hell does not rely on your deeds because if you make a little mistake you end up in hell so, if we are to be judged according to what we have done, our behavior, we, are, we have to be cursed. But now when God made this new covenant, God said, Maybe I'm not going to judge you according to what you did, but you are going to be judged according to what I did. That's why God, He did everything for Him to send us all to heaven. Let's talk about marathon. Have you ever tried a full course of marathon? The full course of marathon will be like 42.195 kilometers. Before, I used to, I used to have this, oh, you know, heart issue. But uh, but I started started running. At one point, I even ran, you know, six kilos a day. But 
You know, there was a, one day there was Olympic Games and this man, uh, the the marathoner, won the gold medal. And there was this grandma saying, "Oh, I won. We won the gold medal. We won the gold medal." When some people look at her, they'll be like, "Oh, how did this old this grandma won the gold medal?" But it was not her. But it was the marathoner who ran, who who had run, and he won the gold medal. So when you when he won the won the gold medal, it was the gold medal for every man in Korea. So it's just like that. So if we try to be good, and if we end up committing sin, we are all supposed to be destroyed. But God, so God chose us as a representative. So that depending on the result, you can either be cursed or either be blessed. So no matter what sin we may have, in the first covenant, depending on whether you keep it, keep the law or not, you can either be blessed or cursed. But for the second covenant, because God loved us so much, He wanted to send us to heaven. But because we human beings, we are so evil, we are all evil and dirty. So we cannot do it perfectly. So He didn't want, didn't want to send us hell. So just like the marathoner. When people shout, "Oh, we won the gold medal!" It was not because it was—it's not because we are a good runner that we won the gold medal. But when the Korean marathoner wins the race, then that's gold medal for all the people, not only for me, but imagine there is a, this old old grandma and grandpa. They're walking with a cane, and oh my back, my back hurts, my back hurts, my back hurts. When they hear the news that they won the gold medal, you know. It makes no sense. Imagine there's uh, this old lady. You know, he's aged. He cannot. He cannot win a gold medal. But that's our gold medal again, right? Why? Because our national team won the medal. Then that's our gold medal. So, you know, even those who are in the hospital, those who broke their legs, they have the they, their legs are in the cast. They're lying on the bed. When they saw the Olympic Games, when they won the gold medal, they'll be like, "Wow, we won the gold medal!" You know, winning the gold medal it does not depend on us, but it depends on the representative. If he wins, then that's that's win for us too. Just like that, we cannot go to heaven by our deeds, but in the first covenant. The first covenant requires our deeds, our behavior. That's why, according to the first law, the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery, she was only supposed to be stoned to death. But in the new, in the new law, the Bible says because God wanted to save the woman. God could not save the woman with the first law. That's why He made the second covenant. What does it say there? It says there that. Behold, the days come, said the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So Jesus, when he scooped down and he wrote something on the ground, so what he wrote it was it was the law. So he will now he will now he will not judge the woman with the first law, but he will judge the woman with the second law. Like Jeremiah chapter thirty-one verse thirty-four, it says, and it says, "There I'll forgive their iniquity. I remember their sin no more," said the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'll forgive their iniquity. I remember their sin no more. Said the Lord. Said the Lord. 
did it? Who said it? Yeah, God said it. Lord said it. You know, your goodness, that's not enough for God, you know. You know, so that's so God wouldn't let us do it, but God said, I will do it. So Jesus died on the cross, washed our sins away. I'll forgive their iniquity and I'll remember their sin no more, saith the Lord. Amen. So everyone, we being righteous, we being holy, we going to heaven, it does not depend on we doing good things or not. It has not does it have to do anything? Does it anything does it have to do anything with us with our good deeds? No. If it has something to do with our deeds and we only end up in hell. You know, those who are showing up on this screen, you may be good looking, you may be beautiful and handsome, but your heart there there's evil in your heart too, right? You all end up in hell if you're like that, right? But we are such people, but in order to send us who are like that, if God asks us to do the, do the good things ourselves, it will be not stable because we are not good. So God said, okay, you stay, I will do it. So Jesus, God, Jesus, he said, I'll, I'll forgive your, your iniquity and I'll remember your sin no more, said the Lord. Yes, yes, say amen, amen, amen. There's nothing good that you did. There's one, there's one aged uh, person who is, who, is, who is showing me the sign of, okay, I think maybe she's sitting down with her daughter. I'm so thankful for your reaction. So whenever I think about it, I've done a lot of evil things in my life. Sometimes I try to do good things, but that I, with that I, could, I couldn't wash my sins and I was, I was only supposed to end up in hell. But when God decided to save us from our sins, He had to change the law itself. That's why I said, that's why I said, Behold, the days come, said the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. I have so much to share, but I have no, I have, so time is over, so I'll end here. But I'll continue tonight and tomorrow. So, I want to convey the heart of God hidden in this word. So God is telling you to abandon all your deeds, all your actions. They're like leftovers. But the righteousness that God gave us, the goodness that Jesus gave us, is through those that we are saved. So no matter how, sins, no matter how much sin you may have committed, God said, I will forgive their Iniquity, I'll remember their sin no more, saith the Lord. So according to that promise, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and He died on the cross and washed all our sins away. And He said He'll remember our sins no more. That's This is what we have to believe. But unfortunately, many people, they go to church, but they don't believe in this word. That's why in their church, they, they pray to God saying, Lord, we are sinners. That will really break out Jesus' heart. You know, I died for your sins on the cross. I was punished. I washed all your sins away. You know, I was punished in your place. Lord, we are still sinners. That really breaks the heart of Jesus. We are filthy and evil sinners. But Jesus washed the sin. Jesus washed our sins away. That's why we are pure. We are clean. Yes, that's it. 
That's what God will say. Many people today, what do they go to church? You know, we are all evil. We are dirty human beings. How can we do good stuff? No way. So if you just know one part of the Bible, if you don't know the Bible thoroughly, people may simply think that if I keep the law, I'll go to heaven. But we have all violated the law. We are all supposed to go to hell. But who washes our sins? So it's not by our good deeds that we go to heaven, but it's what, what Jesus had done for us. So from other perspective, I'll explain this same word tonight. When God, when Jesus was on the earth, he saved the poor and pitiful people. But in the same way, we, we oh God had pity on us, we who are evil and dirty. We, all that we have done is evil and dirty sins, but Jesus carried our, the cross for us and he died on the cross to give us His grace. So that's Jesus who has bestowed His grace upon us. Everyone, to you, I want to, I'm so happy to be able to share this word with you. I'm so thankful and grateful. So thank you for listening to me well today, tonight, and tomorrow morning and evening. We'll continue sharing this word on Jeremiah 31. God promised me all my sins are washed all my sins are washed on the cross so how you believe like that and abandon your goodness I hope you only rely, rely on what Jesus has done for us let us pray loving Holy Father God we thank you Lord we were born in sin we were eating and drinking sin we were only committing sin that's the life that we are we were living but God you said you didn't ask us ask us to wash our sins but you said you will forgive our iniquity you said you remember our sin no more hallelujah praise our God and we thank you God Many people, although they look at the blood of Jesus on the cross, they still call themselves sinners. And there are many people asking for forgiveness. And that really breaks our heart. And I feel so sorry. Although Jesus died for our sins, you washed our sins. But there are people still asking for forgiveness. That will be real. That must, that, will, that must be breaking Jesus' heart through this uh, summer camp. I hope that everybody will receive salvation and be able to enjoy happiness and joy and blessings that comes from God. And let this gospel be spread all over the world so that those who are in sin may be freed from sin. In Jesus' name I prayed. Amen. Thank you very much, everyone. Yes, uh, thank you very much.